0: to American Education Fm everybody I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Well, hi there. Welcome back. All right, first of all, I want to thank Jesse James from the Dangerous Info Podcast and Sandy for joining me in the last episode that was uh, That was awesome. We covered a lot of topics, and hopefully again you you walked away with at least one thing that uh, maybe is worth consideration, certainly with this upcoming election taking place and a variety of other issues, because we know that the enemy is throwing a great deal of things our way and trying to distract a number of people, and I don't think that's going to go away. So with these episodes coming up here, certainly the ones before the election, I've I've got just a few election-related things to bring up throughout. Of course, there's always the jab and the the constant bioweapon genocide that continues to take place, but there's also plenty of education things as well. So I'm going to start off with education stuff here, but definitely stick around at the end because I've got some interesting uh, political stories to tell, certainly one in, in particular. And then sort of an, a very odd thing that's taking place where a 19-year-old who is a Miami University student where I live is running for office. They are running for state Congress. And it's embarrassing. It's beyond embarrassing. This is a kid who hasn't had a job by any uh, any stretch of the imagination, and he's Again he's a mask wearing at least double if not triple jabbed individual uh yeah i just i don't i don't see this I don't see this working out well for him, but this right here I think continues to show that the left has no shame. they are incapable of self-reflection they seem to believe that this is a good thing. Let's just get children into state office, and then, uh, you know, they'll just figure things out for everybody. And then, of course, it's their overuse of the word bipartisan. Well, I'm going to be bipartisan, and I'm going to work with this group and that group, and blah, blah, blah. I mean, Rush Limbaugh warned us about people who even said the word bipartisan with such regularity. He said these are not people to be trusted. Not to mention, I wouldn't trust a 19-year-old with my automobile, let alone being a part of state government and attempting to run anything or influence anything. And again, by the sound of this soy boy's voice, I'm telling you, we know exactly what this kid's plans are, and they're not good. But I'll get into that toward the end. Okay, first off, this happened a week ago. Certainly worth mentioning. And I want to spend some time on it rather than just again tossing it out on my gab when it happened, which I did. But the writing is on the wall here, I think. Uh, This is both education and, as you would expect, jab related. This comes from WKRN.com. Of course, it was making the rounds just about everywhere. It's titled About 1,000 Students Absent from Virginia High School with Flu like Symptoms. Fredericksburg, Virginia, via the Hill. It says a Virginia high school canceled all activities this weekend after almost half of its students called in absent this week due to a flu-like illness, quote-unquote. It says, quote, due to the high number of students and staff illnesses reported this week, all Stafford High School activities and athletics scheduled through Sunday, October 23rd, are canceled, wrote the Stafford High's official Facebook account, or written on, they should have said, anyway, uh, on Friday, October 21st. It says the school said that it would follow up on illness levels over the weekend and reassess conditions on Monday, this past Monday. It says the Hill reached out to the Stafford County Public Schools office for comment. NBC4 Washington reported on Friday that about 1,000 students were absent from Stafford High School, which is located just outside of Fredericksburg, Virginia. The no- total number of students enrolled at the high school is approximately 2,100 said a spokesperson said that the students, as well as some of the staff, are suffering from flu-like and gastrointestinal symptoms. Officials of the Virginia Department of Health are working together to investigate the root causes of the illness. I'm sure they are. I'm sure they're going to get to the bottom as to what exactly is happening. Not the fact that it's never happened before in the history of their school, but all of a sudden is happening now. Hmm probably jab-related, because it is jab-related. This is the part of this entire thing that these idiots do not understand. They do not understand that, again, you've heard me say they're destroying their own business, and they're destroying their own credibility, and they had none to begin with. So they're just being ground into dust underneath the boot of truth, so to speak, And they're still down there claiming that, well, this is just unforeseen and COVID rates are probably really high and this is outrageous. This makes complete and utter sense, total sense. And let me add something else to this too, if I can medically. If they're suffering from flu-like symptoms, quote unquote, and gastrointestinal symptoms, this is shedding. This is 100% shedding. And unfortunately, one of the things that occurs with shedding is that the parts of the body that are the weakest are the ones that basically feel the most ill effects. So if the intestines are the weakest, which apparently that seems to be the case with a lot of these students, then they're going to experience gastrointestinal pain or gastrointestinal symptoms. Not to mention, of course, the combination of the COVID shots on top of the flu shot. I mean, these individuals are incapable of connecting the most simple of dots. Now, when I put this out on Gab, someone replied and they said that they can directly confirm all of this. They said they live right there. They said that this high school is very close to military bases or a military base and that the vast majority of the parents and if not all of the staff members of this school are jabbed not to mention the large amount of students themselves who are jabbed. This is a quintessential example of what I've brought up in the past, how these environments with all of these jabbed people in them are arguably the most unsafe environments that exist. Again, not only is it another reason to homeschool, but these individuals don't understand the ever-present concept of shedding. And that electromagnetism is why people become ill. Why you can have two ill people and then unill people be around one another, and then all of the sudden the unill people become ill. It's not coughing, it's not sneezing, that's not it. It's proximity. There's probably a 5G tower in the parking lot, too, just making everything worse. But I want to play the local news affiliates audio on this. Uh, It's rather revealing, I think. So give this a listen in three, two, one.
1: Today, nearly half of Stafford High School's 2,100 students stayed home sick, reporting flu-like symptoms. All activities and athletic events are canceled through Sunday as families and hospital staff care for the unprecedented numbers of sick children. And coming into work, is it's frantic. The Dr. Rick Place is the medical director of the Pediatric water Emergency water Department water at Inova Fairfax, where once again, a surge of sick patients is taking a toll on the nation's healthcare system.
0: The sheer volume and the, the
1: impact yeah. in terms of outstripping the healthcare system's ability to care for it, I think you're seeing a tidal wave uh, sweeping across this country right now. The types of illness vary but the majority of pediatric cases are RSV, a very common respiratory infection in young kids. What's uncommon is the massive number of cases and how early in the season it's hitting. It's two, three times the volume we're seeing. Um, In my, and just in my patient panel alone, I'm admitting one to two kids or more per week, which is not typical. RSV symptoms may present like the common cold. Parents should watch for lethargy and hard breathing, flaring of nostrils grunting and head bobbing, and skin sucked in around the collarbones and ribs. They don't want to feed. They don't want to drink. They really don't want to do anything else. They won't even sleep because they're having such a tough time breathing. Most children will get RSV by the time they're two. And doctors believe we're seeing this surge because COVID safety measures like remote work and learning prevented many cases of RSV in kids. Overall, with so few people probably having gotten it in the last two years, it's made the, po- the, the population at large probably a little more vulnerable, too. And so it, it's just spread like wildfire. A wildfire that doctors say is expected to continue spreading throughout winter. Reporting in Northern Virginia, Drew Wilder, News 4. Now, doctors are urging all of us to get the flu vaccine this year, saying if the current surge continues and we have a large spike in flu, it's likely many hospitals will once again be over capacity.
0: Oh, you have no idea. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Okay. Now, in the video, and this is kind of, you know, this is the media. This is what they do. In the video, they go from focusing on the high school and high school-aged individuals, not a peep about the adults being out sick. No, no, no. Can't mention that. They're not going to touch that one. This has to do with children. So they go from high school aged, and then they switch the visualization on the screen to young, young kids. Like elementary school, they show babies, toddlers, three-year-olds, four-year-olds. They just make this immediate shift away from everybody who is around 18 years old, and like I said, not a mention of a single sick adult. That's problematic because that's not true. Number two, any doctor who is a thinking person, and we've established that many medical doctors are not thinking people, let alone individuals who are willing to come to grips with the fact that they've been lied to throughout all of their K twelve education, their college education, university, medical school, graduate school, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. They don't want to. They don't want to look in the mirror regarding any of that and come to grips with with all of that lying and, and misleading curriculum. Because at this stage of the game, if they're saying things like one of those doctors said, where We've never seen this before. This is really abnormal. If you're making statements like that, it requires you to apply the scientific method so that you arrive at answers as to why that's the case. That's what you're supposed to do. That's the point. Here was our hypothesis. We thought it worked. Let's examine a few things and see if that holds true. Let's test it again just to make sure, and then let's arrive at a conclusion. They don't want to arrive at conclusions. That's where, if you can imagine the scientific method chart in your head, there's no conclusion box. There's none. There's just a giant arrow that goes from, let's make a hypothesis, down to, let's try some shit out. And then that arrow wraps all the way back around to, let's make a hypothesis, and then right back back to a box that says, let's try some shit out. That's all they're doing. That's it. They're throwing everything at it that they can, except for the answer, which exists. And you, having listened to this, know what that is. And endless other people know what that is. But you can't touch these mainstream outlets, certainly not these local affiliates, with the truth at all. You'll you'll never get it on there. It'll never show up, and it's not going to. Now they're doubling down on the flu shot, and they're wondering why everybody's becoming ill. They're doing themselves in. The medical industry is doing themselves in. Even one of the doctors alluded to it right there. We're stretched beyond our capacity. We There's nothing we can do. We are seeing this nationwide. Let's not arrive at answers, though, because answers scare us. Let's just keep asking questions and act like this is some mysterious thing that you can't actually conclude logically to be a set of circumstances that involved poisoning. Honest to God, if it was food poisoning, they would arrive at the actual answer immediately. 1,000 students became ill because that particular day before they all became ill, it was Crazy Larry's Pizza Day at school. Crazy Larry never showed up before with pizza, but offered all these free pizzas to at least half the population of the school And now, all of a sudden, everyone is sick, and Crazy Larry is being brought up on charges of poisoning the pizza. And countless students have reported that the Crazy Larry's pizza made them all sick, caused them to vomit, and gave them diarrhea. They would arrive at a conclusion on that one and say, It's Crazy Larry's pizza. That's what did it. Not so in this case. Not so. This is going to continue to happen. Mass, mass illnesses across the United States are already happening now within schools and continuing to happen. It happened a year ago. It's happening now. I mean, it happened in the winter and fall. I'm sorry, let me go back. It happened in January, February, March, and April, and May, I'll throw in May, of 2021. Hundreds and thousands of students and, and staff members out sick all the time. Here we are in the latter half of 2022 and what do people actually think is going to happen? Uh, it's, it's, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It's almost like these people sound vaccinated. Because apparently that's the latest comeback that you can provide to someone in, uh, in a response when they get stupid. You look them in the face and you say, you sound vaccinated." These all—all all these people sound vaccinated. They're not making any sense whatsoever. Okay, moving on. Few more education-related things. I know that was education slash jab, but a uh, few more education-related things here. This comes from the Blaze. Uh, not shocking, I don't think, but certainly awful nonetheless, and continues to show the total decline of the New York City school system. Again, as if that had to be even stated it says, quote, they want parents indoctrinated. Several woke NYC private schools require parents to take anti-racism training and then sign pledges or else. It says the following. Ah, let's see. And some parents said if they refuse to participate in the controversial programs, their children will not be admitted to the schools. The New York Post reported that at least five elite private schools In the city, require parents to attend training in anti racism and diversity, equity, and inclusion. Ladies and gentlemen, this is where your tax dollars are going too. Your tax dollars, your property taxes are increasing if levies pass, and it's going toward crap like this. That's where it's going. You gotta pay these brainwashed goons in order to implement their brainwashed curriculum and trick everybody into believing that they're miserable and a racist. So there you go. It says one of the uh, academies, rather, accused of pushing controversial theories is Barely School and All Girls, I'm sorry, Barely, something like that. Barely Schools and All Girls Private School in Manhattan. The student application states that, quote, parents are expected to attend two diversity, equity, inclusion, and anti-racism, D-E-I-A, workshops per school year. Parents are also expected to write 500-word essays swearing their allegiance to those values, and should their children be accepted into the elite school, parents must sign an oath pledging their support of those values. Quote, we expect teachers, staff, students, and parents to participate in anti-racist training and to pursue meaningful change through deliberate and measurable actions. These actions include identifying and eliminating policies, practices, and beliefs that uphold racial inequality. In our community, the pledge reads, says Andrew Gutman, whose daughter has been enrolled at the school, wrote a public letter criticizing the private school for pushing critical race theory. They want parents indoctrinated the same way they want their kids, he stated. Chapin School held an optional panel earlier this month for prospective parents to discuss the Academy's, quote, ongoing commitment to equity and inclusion, including our newest community-wide initiatives. I'm going to stop reading there. I think you get the point. This isn't going away. K-12 public schools are doubling down on a lot of this also. Again, they're hiring people, paying them salaries to roll out this kind of stuff. And then they use words like, well, we're going to measure it and we're going to assess and we're going to figure out where the problems are. These are not people with graduate degrees, let alone any experience in formal research. Because if they were, They would look into the history of the thing that they're implementing and understand it is a Marxist ideology created out of thin air. But they don't want to do that, not to mention they're not trained in qualitative or quantitative reasoning and analysis, which means what results are they going to actually come up with? And you have a pretty good idea, I bet. It's lazy It's the only approach they know how to take, and this is exactly what they'll do. They'll put out a survey. They'll get on SurveyMonkey or one of these other stupid survey platforms, and they'll, they'll simply create a questionnaire. They'll put it on the district's website, or they'll send it out to all the parents in this massive email, and they'll say, please tell us about the impact that diversity, equity, and inclusion has had on your child and your family we think it's good here at the school we're not supposed to say that because that taints the entire survey but we support all of this which is why we're pushing out this survey and we want you to fill it out and then they simply discard any survey result that they don't like that goes against what they think and what they're trying to implement well the the feedback was positive we loved the feedback and it was all great and then before you know it the diversity equity and inclusion group never goes away It gets written into state law, district policy, and they wonder why they're losing money. These are the most unethical, non thinking people that are running these institutions and these programs. It's that simple. These are not bright individuals because they don't go back in time and investigate anything. They just don't. They don't even ask themselves the question. These diversity, equity, and inclusion things didn't exist in the 1990s or 1980s. And education was better back then. It was still crap, but it was better back then than it is now. Not to mention, again, not to rehash this old thing, but my own dissertation proved that when you implement any form of Nonviolent conflict resolution curriculum into a school building, it has the exact opposite effect. It pisses off the staff members because it's more training for them that they don't want. There's actually no measurable data that comes out of any of it that's worth a damn. And if it's implemented within the classroom setting, the vast majority of the students detest it and it takes away from actual academic rigor. So, you're creating, quite literally, a frustrating, conflicting, violent, aggressive work environment, not just among the adults, but among the youth who attend. This is not a healthy environment. These are not healthy environments. Time is precious. I mean, I can't say that enough. Time is very precious. And if these individuals, students will say, are attending these horrible institutions and are not learning factual content on a day-in and day-out basis. In particular, learning how to read, write, write cursive, edit their own papers, learn grammar, spelling, things of that nature. You're wasting everyone's time. Any other activity that isn't that, you're wasting their time. Now, I've taken hard stances on particular subjects in the past. Me personally, I don't think that art or band or drama or any of these extra, whatever you would call them, quote-unquote extracurriculars, I don't think they should be a part of a school. Ever. They should never be a part of a school, in my opinion. I know people will disagree with that. That's fine. But that right there proves my point. As I said in a previous episode, there's that false comparison between playing ball sports and picking up a crack pipe. Or playing, not being able to play ball sports and all of a sudden being violent. Or, I'm going to join a gang if I can't play basketball. And I wasn't on the baseball team this year, so now I'm going to academically fail. There's no correlation between that. Just like there's no correlation between having music, art, and theater within these environments. Because here's the thing. If you were to take that example into any other scenario, it makes complete sense, what I'm saying. Now, this has been proven, but let me, let me bring it into this example. When you go into a clothing store, do you expect to learn how to create balloon animals and eat popcorn? No, you don't. When you go to, into a clothing store, you know exactly why you're there. There is a thing to do, a thing to get, a thing to receive, and then you're on your way. People don't view American K-12 education or school, rather, schooling, that objectively. That when you show up, it is supposed to be reading, writing, arithmetic, and all those other examples that I brought up. But it's not really supposed to be about, you know, let's get undressed in the locker room, and let's snap each other with towels, and uh, let's play dodgeball, and you know, we need to have that because students academically succeed better after, you know, after gym class. If they have math after gym class, they do better in math class because they had gym beforehand. It's, it's, it's nonsense. It's complete and utter nonsense. When you go into a nice restaurant, you don't go into a nice restaurant with the idea that you're going to be buying furniture. You go into a nice restaurant to eat nice food, to eat good food, with hopefully a nice environment. That's the idea. You're going in there for a very specified singular position on things. Not so in an American K-12 school. It's helter-skelter now. Has been for a very long time. Continues to be, and it's getting worse. These are not things that are improving with time, is my point. And they're not going to keep improving with time. They're just going to keep throwing money right into it. So that's my breakdown of that. It's not a nice landscape. It really isn't. It is, it is quite literally a colossal waste of time. And it's a dangerous one, which is why I want to bring up this next story. And this is awful. Now, I'm going to make an assumption here, and I want to make that abundantly clear. We know the role. That American K-12 schools have, in particular with all this gender-bending nonsense regarding students and brainwashing students again with curriculum and ideas and posters and the flags and all of that. And when they're bombarded with all of this during a school day, it can be inescapable, so to speak, for, for minors, in particular young, impressionable, confused minors. Now, they would be young, impressionable, and confused if they didn't have strong parents at home, but this also shows how government control can easily infiltrate the home itself and then shackle the parents. And this, again, this is awful, but this came from a few days ago. This is from the postmillennial.com. It's titled, Indiana Parents Lose Custody, after court rules that not affirming their child's gender identity is abuse the father test it says the father testified in the at the initial hearing that the parents cannot affirm their child's transgender identity or use their child's preferred pronouns because of their religious beliefs see this is outrageous that this is even happening this though right here should prove to everybody this is what government wants to do with your children Government always wants to be the family member. They want to be the parent. They want to take that over. And the court system does too in many cases. It says the following here, quote, The Court of Appeals in Indiana on Friday, last Friday, upheld a trial court's decision to remove from a family's home their child because the parents did not acknowledge their child's transgender identity and the child began suffering from anorexia good god it says the court determined that the refusal to go along with the child's gender identity constituted abuse parents mc and jc filed an appeal against the initial detention order claiming that the dispositional order as well as the trial court's prior order are erroneous and violate their constitutional rights to care, custi- to care custody and control of their child as well as their right to exercise their religion, as well as their freedom of speech. The court ruled that the parent's appeal was moot, quote-unquote, and declined to address it. The decision recalls that on May 11th of 2021, the Indiana Department of Child Services, a criminal organization, uh, received a report alleging that mother was verbally and emotionally abusing then-16-year-old child by using rude and demeaning language toward child regarding child's transgender identity. And as a result, child had thoughts of self-harm. Ah, oh, this this is wild. It just it goes on and on and on. Again, this should prove to people that You get one radical judge in there who wants children to make all of these decisions themselves. That if they want to cut their own genitals off, if they want to play dress up like a girl when they're a boy, that it's the child that gets to decide. Ladies and gentlemen, if I had a nickel for every time my father yelled at me in his underwear, whether it be in the middle of the living room or in the backyard or whatever it was, I'd have bags of nickels. No one no one called child protective services on us. It was verbal correction. That, that's what it's called. That's why I'm a civilized human being to this day. That's just the way that it was. I would engage in an uncivilized activity, sometimes with my brother, where we would be wrestling or doing something, and then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, would be my father in his underwear, meat hooking both of us sitting us down and screaming at the top of his lungs. And my mom would be standing right behind him and applauding. See, this is a strong family. That right there is exactly what parents are supposed to be doing. Not so now. Not so now. This is the generation of, this is what happens when you don't spank your kids. This is what happens when you don't meat hook them and drag them out of the room. This is what happens when you don't send them to their room. You want to dress up like a girl, you think you're a girl, go to your room. Go to your room. And then I'll take all the things that you have that I bought that you use to identify as a girl when you're a boy, and I'm gonna throw them in the backyard and set them on fire. You see, that right there is what this country was made of. Not this, well, the child gets whatever they want. I mean it's it's absurd. Let me give you another example, too, uh, of this particular, you know, what leads to things like this. And again, of course, it's the school environment that goes without saying, and it's technology use. Very specifically, I've noticed something on my iPad. And you've heard me bring up Apple products in the past, in particular YouTube, which I'm going to mention now. YouTube's algorithm is bizarre. There's no reason why something like this should be showing up on my iPad. I mean absolutely zero reason. At the in the upper right-hand corner when I open up YouTube, it will have a survey that leads me to it leads you to a website, but it's a rainbow flag. And it says quite literally on top of the rainbow flag, you know, the, the ad that's in the upper right-hand corner and then of course on the left-hand side there's videos and stuff, but it will say am I gay? question mark. Or are you gay? Question mark. It's one of those two. And then you click on it, because I decided to click on it and I thought, well, this will be interesting. And it, you know, it takes you to a website where it starts to indoctrinate you on particular things. There's another ad, that does a very similar thing. It says, What is a lesbian? Or am I a lesbian? Again, children who have iPads, this is this is commonplace now. And I might add, it's commonplace now, of course, to have iPads in schools, and have students in front of these computers and iPads and even YouTube on a constant basis. This ties back to what I was saying earlier about wasting time. This is is not instruction. By any stretch of the imagination, it's leading to things like this, and then government walks right into your house and says, oh, you're not Doing what the child wants—that's child abuse, as far as we're concerned. It's also worth mentioning. Yes, Freemasons are everywhere in every state, but Indiana—I mean—they are Masonic to the bone. They're Masonic to the bone, and these judges are just the worst. In particular, of course, whichever judge is uh, is not listening to the parents and just making their own decisions based on their own definitions of what they deem to be abuse. Let me continue with this because, uh, this is, this is not good. It says, quote, DCS received another report 10 days later, alleging that the parents were verbally and emotionally abusing child because they did not accept the child's transgender identity. The abuse was getting worse and the parents were being mean to child due to child's transgender identity. A family case manager, I'm sure this worked out, investigated the matter, meeting with the parents, child, and siblings, and speaking with a representative from the child's residential school. Here we go. A preliminary inquiry report, PIR, from the FCM, revealed that both the mother and child said that the child had been suffering from an eating disorder during, and, during the following year, and that the child had yet to be evaluated by a medical professional. The report also stated that the parents had withdrawn the child from school and had not indicated that they were going to re-enroll in a new school. The child had been in therapy, but the parents had discontinued it, and the child did not feel mentally or emotionally safe in the home. Mother, it says, quote, Mother said things such as, child's preferred name, is the bitch that killed my son. (laughs) That's hilarious. Mom has a sense of humor. That's awesome. And child, uh, quote, would be more likely to have thoughts of self harm and suicide if child were re- to return to the family home, due to mental and emotional abuse. The report stated. On May twenty eighth of twenty twenty one, the DCS filed a CHINS petition, C H I N, child in need of services, in the trial court. Initially, the department sought Chins 1 and Chins 2 petitions. Can we call it something else? Does it have to be Chins? It's a bit weird. Uh, it can. Sorry, it continues. It says, These designates, uh, this designates states that the child is being physically or mentally neglected or abused by a parent or guardian. On June 2nd of 2021, the trial court found that there was probable cause to designate the child as a Chins. And that, ch- and that Child's detainment was necessary to safeguard Child's health. I'm going to scroll down to the end of this here. Um, it just drags on. It says, quote, We conclude that the parent's appeal of the initial detention order is moot and decline to address it. In addition, we conclude that Child's continued removal is not contrary to the Chin's Six Statute and is supported by sufficient evidence that it is in the child's best interest, the court said in conclusion. We also conclude that child's continued removal from the home does not violate the parent's constitutional rights to the care, custody, and control of child, or to their rights to the free exercise of religion. The parents have the right to exercise their religious beliefs, but they do not have the right to exercise them in a manner that causes physical or emotional harm to the child. Finally, we conclude that the trial's court's temporary restriction on the discussion of child's transgender identity outside of family therapy does not violate the parents' free speech rights. Therefore, we affirm the dispositional order, the court said. The end. Now here's the slippery slope. That child has been kidnapped by Indiana's Child Protective Services, most likely thrown into a foster home where they will be assaulted, abused, neglected, or they'll be placed with a foster family that allows for that child to play pretend for the rest of their life which will then lead to a variety of things as I've brought up here before. Suicide, drug addiction, sexual promiscuity, endless diseases, if not outright being sexually abused themselves and child trafficked. That's the real the end to that story. That's really how things like this end. The court gets involved because the parents won't play pretend with the child, Child gets taken away and then exchanged for cash and sexual favors. And then child is never seen of nor heard from ever again. That's it. That's how that works. Honest to God. You've got to, uh, not only do you have to homeschool because the school is not going to speak up in your favor on particular issues, certainly not ones like this. But you've got to get these devices out of these kids' hands. Because they weren't born being confused. Doesn't sound like the parents had any influence on this child's confusion or mental illness. This was just straight up media influence and school influence. Awful. Okay, moving on. Here's a quick little jab story I wanted to mention, and uh, before I get into a couple of political things that are happening locally and nationally, uh, this comes from The Telegraph. And again, could be good news, but it's certainly interesting, and Kim Carter tossed this my way, so thank you for that. It says, quote, most children who think they're transgender are going through a phase, quote unquote, the NHS says. Now, this is Britain's uh, health services section, apparently, but it says the following, quote, most children who believe that they are transgender are just going through a phase, the NHS has said, as it warns that doctors should not encourage them to change their names or pronouns. Hmm. It's almost like we have a false equivalency here. Which is it? Medical doctors saying you shouldn't do this because it's going to hurt them? And then you have judges saying, No, parents, we get to take your kids because you won't play pretend with them. NHS England has announced plans for tightening controls on the treatment of under 18s questioning their gender, including a ban on prescribing puberty blockers outside of strict clinical trials. The services which will replace the controversial Tavistock Clinic will be led by medical doctors rather than therapists. And will consider the impact on other conditions such as autism and mental health issues. The plans, which are currently under public consultation, are for an interim service for young people with gender dysphoria, whilst Dr. Hilary Cass continues her review into the treatment offered by the NHS. They note that there is a need to change the services because there is currently scarce and Inconclusive evidence to support clinical decision making. It continues here. It says, Be mindful of transient phase, quote unquote. It says, The proposals say that the new clinical approach will, for younger children, reflect evidence that in most cases, gender incongruence does not persist into adolescence. And doctors should be mindful this might be a transient phase instead of encouraging transition medic- medics should take a watchful approach to see how a young person's conditions develop the plans state when a prepubescent child has already socially transitioned quote the clinical approach has to be mindful of the risks of an inappropriate gender transition and the difficulties that the child may experience in returning to the original gender role upon entering puberty if the gender incongruence does not persist, unquote. It says, for adolescents, social transition will not only be considered when it is necessary for preventing clinically significant distress, and when a young person is, quote, able to fully comprehend the implications of affirming a social transition. It adds that before medics change a person's name and pronouns, a teacher, uh, sorry, a teenager should have been diagnosed with gender dysphoria, see there you go, but that indiana those Indiana health workers and the, that Indiana judge aren't doing that because even these therapists quote unquote are brainwashed, even they will receive a child, a minor who who wants to play dress up and pretend and cut their genitals off. they'll say well." If that's what the child feels, then that's what the child should get. And you should support that mom and dad because, you know, you're the mom and dad. And don't make me write up a child abuse report or else I will. And when one comes from a therapist, ladies and gentlemen, it'll stick in court. It'll stick. Unless the parents have a counter argument where, again, the kid has been apparently diagnosed with gender dysphoria. That seems to be the case here. I bet that's happened in the United States, but not in that Indiana case. It's awful. Just horrible. Okay, moving on here. Uh, I saw just one last jab-related thing. I saw that the, of course, Supreme Court ruled that the New York State, rather, certainly New York City, has to reinstate everyone who did not want to take the jab, um, and that they deserve back pay and are entitled their job back with back pay. That's fine and dandy. My my approach on this, too, is what about all of the individuals who were coerced to take it and are now dead? What about all of the individuals who were coerced to take it and are now permanently injured? What about, again, all of them? I mean, what about all of them? Not to mention, it It also proves, I think, and it's an exquisite example of the cycle of abuse. Who would want to go back to the work environment that ostracized them, coerced them, bullied them, harassed them, and they still said no, thankfully, to these poison death shots? And then would want to go back to that environment? Well, I'm back, everybody. Nice to see everybody here. How's everyone feeling? And then you look around and everybody's sick. Again, that's not, that's not a healthy environment even for the unjabbed person anymore. Glad they stood their ground, but who would want to go back into that environment? Again, it's just like what's happening with school teachers, with school teachers that left the education business because of all of the coercion, the bullying, the harassment, the mask wearing, the jab taking, all of it. When they leave, they tend to not go back. Cicely from New Mexico is a perfect example. She withstood all of that all of that abuse. All of it. And then they cut her loose. And she said, bye, I'm homeschooling. I'm gonna homeschool my kids now. Go pound sand. And then they begged her to come back. And she said, no, go pound sand. What part of that didn't you hear? That's exquisite because that's the approach that has to be taken. Let these institutions and these places of work crumble. And this is, again, that Supreme Court ruling is only surface level stuff. That doesn't get down to the crux of the matter. It really doesn't. Let me mention this. Uh, I have two anonymous posts I want to I want to read here, which I think are really emblematic of the uh, again what's going on in the medical industry with observations that people are making. And of course, I've made these observations. You've made these observations. We've all experienced a lot of this stuff. Those of us who are awake, anyway, and those of us who are paying attention. Let me read these two anonymous posts that were on Great Awakening. Took screenshots of them. I thought they were I thought they were excellent. Um, here's the first one. It's titled Pediatric Nonsense. It says the following, quote, Just venting, delete if not allowed. I took my daughter and wife to the pediatrician. They asked first about my newborn's vaccine history and flipped when they heard I declined the Hep B vaccine. Afterwards, we went through the appointment because I was worried about jaundice. She was good. Then the primary doctor comes into the office and proceeds to ask me why my reason is religious, they put in parentheses, and he basically said, quote, my staff don't feel comfortable working with with an unvaccinated baby, unquote. He then pussyfooted around, wanting us to not come back. Side thought, I really wish I responded with, well, sir, I know how Hep B is transmitted, if you're not a nasty, fornicating heroin addict, you should be fine. They then said, my stance on vaccines has really opened my wife's eyes. That was her red pill. She came, from a, she came from a country that doesn't give us a choice. She was upset someone was able to discriminate against our child. I really just hope it's more obvious to more people before it is too late. Unquote. If that was really the response from the doctor when they came back in and said, my staff don't feel comfortable working with an unvaccinated baby, then that means everybody in that building is an idiot because that's not how it works. And you know that. But there, again, it proves the brainwashing is so thick that even the people with medical licenses believe that if you're unvaccinated you're walking around with stuff with "quote unquote disease" couldn't be further from the truth the only people diseased are the jabbed the poisoned that's it the immunocompromised the healthy that 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 child that baby was the healthiest person in the entire office <laughs> it's that simple it's amazing Here's another post. This one's a bit lengthy, but it's very good. And again, it's sort of two polar opposite examples of what this individual observed. It says, quote, two interactions I had yesterday pointing to larger phenomena. It says, quote, I always thought that many times very small events can have much larger implications in this world. Yesterday, Monday, I had two encounters with people that had two very different larger meanings for me. First, my wife and I were attending a fairly large regional craft and art fair, mostly jewelry, art in many different forms, crafts, etc. At one point, I heard music being played on a hammer dulcimer and went to find and went to find it. Playing the hammer dulcimer was an old mus- musical acquaintance that I used to play with several years ago, and she was playing modern tunes quite well and selling CDs. She's of the aging hippie quote-unquote demographic, left of center, but not one to hold grudges. She saw me and got up, came over to me and started to hug me, and she said, quote, don't worry, I've had all my shots, unquote. It then says, "Oh boy, I just laughed, thinking maybe I should back away, but I didn't." She said the reason was no one had seen her for the reason that no one had seen her for a while was that she had locked down in quarantine for many months blah blah blah. The level of woke fear was strong. So I let her get back to hawking her CDs, and my wife and I had a chuckle over there. "I've had all my shots," quote unquote statement. I didn't have the heart to tell her what may be in store for her. Second encounter. I'm a longtime member of a 12-step organization, and after we got back from the craft fair, I went to my regular Monday night meeting. There was a new guy there, a tall, robust guy, long, ZZ top beard, in work boots and work clothes. I always make a point of greeting newcomers, so I shook his hand and introduced myself to him. Turns out he and his wife have two small children and were living in an area within an hour's drive from New York City. He told me that he could not raise their children in that cesspool and had visited Tennessee in the past and loved it. So they just moved here and he supported the family by working construction. I jokingly said, Will, buy a couple of ARs and you'll be officially a Tennessean. Unquote. He said, quote, Oh, I bought mine. And they aren't even New York compliant. Unquote. We had a good laugh over that. Good rock solid citizen, and I'm glad he's moved here. So, two very different encounters, both of which encapsulate events going on right now in America. The fearful compliant left, fully vaxxed and boosted and possibly dying, versus a mobile, common sense traditional family moving from a blue state to a red state in this critical moment in American history. I found these two polar opposites intriguing, unquote. Yes, there's nothing I can add to that. That's just the answer to that is yes. We've all experienced those things. We're going to continue to experience those things. The question is just going to become the individuals who are falling ill and dying, are they going, and the people dying around them, are they going to wake up to what's happening? And that's going to be, I think, the ever-present question. Okay, quick story here from a political standpoint, and then a couple of political stories regarding the election. A couple of weeks ago, I made up a banner that openly advocated against the upcoming school levy. Which is going to raise everyone's property taxes and tax the ever living hell out of the people who vote for this, and frankly, everybody if it passes. Uh, it said taxes won't fix Talawanda, vote no. Is a big banner, 96 inches long, approximately. It was like 40, 46 by 96. A couple of rebars in both ends, bolted on, and then it was tied. Around a tree into the ground in an acquaintance's house, who ironically enough has had his own trials and tribulations with not just the school district, but the city itself, because they're all tyrants. Um, They even trespassed on this guy's property and damaged his property. The actual city did that, city government. So that should tell you where they stand on issues because they're criminals. So I walked up to him and I said, uh, Hey, I got this banner. Can I put it in your yard? He goes, Absolutely no doubt about it. And I educated him on the uh on the levy and and what was going to happen and he goes, "Oh hell no, that's not happening." I said, "Yeah, yup, that's going that's going to piss off a whole lot of people." Um keeping in mind that this town is surrounded by farmers and they own a lot of land and they don't want to pay more. So, I don't know a single farmer who who enjoys higher property taxes, frankly. But I put this banner up in their front yard. And uh, it was there for about four days. And then he texts, he sends me a text message and he says, you got to come and get your banner. My wife doesn't like it. And he said, I'm really sorry. He said, it's not 100% my choice. He said, my wife supported a, a previous levy that was on the ballot for a neighboring school district where her children go, apparently. And I said, all right, no problem. I'll I'll go get it. And uh, that'll be that. Turns out my dad went and got it before I could, and it was vandalized. Somebody had jumped on the top of it and ripped it, uh, ripped the grommets out of out of the thing completely. And there you go. The fortunately, the uh, the copy shop decided to fix it for free, which was nice. The the very copy shop where I had it made, so that was nice of them. And uh, they seemed to again the people that I worked with there seemed like nice people. Um. Uh, just a word about vandalism. First of all, individuals associated with a school district vandalized my sign. Individuals associated with the city of Oxford vandalized my sign. That's without a doubt. Th- this was not some child. This was a child. If it was a child and not a full-grown adult, then it was a child associated with an adult who is associated with with the city and the district, and clearly is for the levy and higher taxes because they're an idiot. Vandalism, ladies and gentlemen, is a is a disgusting crime. It's gross. It grosses me out because it requires no brains to vandalize. You're accomplishing nothing. I, of course, have this platform to talk about the vandalism, and vandalism is just dirty. Now, I've had things vandalized before. I've had my property vandalized before. Uh my car was keyed during high school graduation. That was fun. So, you know, I, I'm used to I'm used to vandalism. But this is what happens among the left when you have something that they don't have. When you're more clever than they are, when you're smarter than they are, when you're better looking than they are, and a thousand other things. They resort to vandalism. They scream at the top of their lungs. They set something on fire. We've seen it with Black Lives Matter and all that nonsense. We saw it with Antifa and all that nonsense. I mean, the list is endless, but vandalism is just a disgusting crime. Is there any recourse for this? No. Did the guy have security cameras on my banner? No. Did I know that it was going to be vandalized? Sure. It's two doors down from the district office. This guy lives two or three doors down from the actual school district office with a giant banner in his front yard that says vote no. I love it. It was perfect and he loved it too. And then of course the city decided to make comments about how signs are not allowed to be in town if they're of a certain size and they have to be said who uh who paid for them if they're going to be in city limits and blah blah blah. So the sign is going back up. And the sign is going to go in farmland, outside of city limits, that is right next to the middle school. So I'm just going to shove it in their face again, and they're going to get it again. Will the sign get vandalized? Sure it will. But I've got a few plans, and we'll see what happens. I'll just kind of leave it at that. But vandals, ladies and gentlemen, all the vandals are coming out right now, and isn't it funny, they're not conservative vandals. Nope. They're all on the left. Like the crying baby who shits their pants and can't figure out why. They just rolling around on the ground crying, and we know exactly why they're crying. So here's the first politician who is running for office, and this was from the Gateway Pundit, and then I want to mention, and I'll wrap up, a local individual who is running also. Uh, again, what is it with these youth running for office and thinking that they can do anything when they have zero experience whatsoever, uh, other than having a Twitter account and ideologies under their belt, I guess. This is again from the Gateway Pundit and it is titled, Democrats are running young radical for Michigan state house who was arrested for plotting school Shooting." It says the following, Michigan Democrat nominee for state representative Maurice Imhoff wanted to carry out a school shooting of Northwest Middle School in Jackson, Michigan. He was arrested by the police before he could carry out the shooting and charged for threat of terrorism, quote unquote. In response to the public findings, in in response to the public finding this out and finding out about his past, he admitted to making, quote unquote, poor decisions. He also allegedly uh, wildly shared child pornography of his then 13-year-old girlfriend in a case of revenge porn. He is still on the ballot in Michigan. He made a fake attempt to quit campaigning after his past crimes were uncovered earlier this month. This week, he announced that when he said he was dropping out, it was all a lie, and he is now re-entering the race. The media covers for their fellow Democrats by saying he st- he simply had a troubled past. "Quote unquote," the Detroit News said that he had a challenging upbringing. Stories confirming that the candidate Maurice Imhoff was changing was charged rather with making a false report of threat of terrorism have gone dark. The media reports also downplay the child pornography allegations and revenge porn allegations. And abuse allegations, the details of his alleged crimes that he vaguely previously admitted to, as described by the former girlfriend. Uh, It just goes on and on and on with this kid. There's a picture of him next to Gretchen Whitmer. Weird. Birds of a feather. See how that works? And there you go. Which leads me to this. This is uh this is sad. This is just sad. Again, these children running for office thinking they can change the world. The last thing we need are more Greta Thunbergs or Thunbergs or however the hell you say her name. We don't need people like this. It's it's beyond laughable. It's just laughable. But we know why this is happening. We know why youth and students, in particular college students, run for office. Because they're ideologues, they're funded by the worst that society has to offer. this kid doesn't have money. he doesn't have the money to run for office, but he's going to use this when he loses and he will lose poorly. But he will use this as an excuse to uh, you know throw throw a line on his resume well I ran for I ran for office this this kid is going to be around for a while. And it's sad because he's worthless and he has nothing to offer. And he's a Democrat and, you know, all of that pretty much goes without saying. His name is Sam Lawrence. Sam Lawrence for Ohio. SamforOhio.com. Here's what it says on his website. Quote, Hello, I'm Sam, candidate for Ohio 47. I'm running to bring an energetic, young voice to the Ohio Statehouse. It's simple we need more young people in politics. The 47th district deserves better, and Sarah Cruthers has proven time and time again that she does not deserve a third term. I pledge to sponsor common sense, fair bills, and promote bipartisanship. Join me for a better Ohio. This kid has acne on his face. <laughs> I mean, he's 19 years old. He's a Miami University student. He's wet under the ears, and he has pimples on his face. Want to give this kid a listen? Let me read his story real quick, uh, and then why I'm running, and then you can, you can hear this kid. Again, mask wearer, he's at least double jabbed. Kid's got AIDS, uh, doesn't know it, compromised immune system, this kid won't make it. Here's here's where it says my story. I was born in Toledo, Ohio in 2003. I spent my early childhood in Toledo and Temperance, Michigan, but where I really grew up, quote-unquote, was in Maumee, Ohio. I graduated from St. Francis DeSales School in 2021, and I'm currently a freshman political science major at Miami University. I'd attribute most of my traits and success to YMCA Storer Campus in Jackson, Michigan. Here from age 3 to 18, I navigated social interactions, moral dilemmas, and communication skills. All things that I believe would be incredibly refreshing in the state house. Go to hell. This dude, <laughs> this is just too good. This is too good. The hubris of these people is astounding, isn't it? They have no idea how they sound. This kid's fresh off the jungle gym. Fresh off the monkey bars, this kid. And then I liked recess, and recess was fun. And swimming at the Y was fun, and getting dressed with all the boys was fun. Here's a picture of him, again, with Tim Ryan, running for Ohio 13 and running for the Senate. Here's another picture of him with State Representative Michael Sheehy. He looks like a midget, that guy. um it continues. Why am I running? I'm running because I came to this district and immediately noticed that there was a lack of genuine leadership. Did you? You're nineteen? You can hardly tie your own shoes. Sarah Carruthers has sponsored bills that are unsafe and unfair and voted against common sense reform. I love their use of the word common sense, don't you? It says yes, I am young but I fully believe in my ability and passion to carry out the duties required of this office. I hope he gets crushed. Here's an audio of him, and you can hear it out of his own stupid mouth in 3, 2, 1.
2: Hello, my name is Sam Lawrence, and I'm a Democrat officially running for the Ohio State House of Representatives, District 44. If you live in Hamilton, Oxford, Oxford Township, Riley Township, Fairfield Township, or Hanover Township, my name will be on the ballot this November. I'm running to bring an energetic young voice to the Ohio State Legislature. I intend to focus on the revitalization of our communities through clean energy initiatives and infrastructure development, the reinforcement of our democracy by protecting our sacred right to vote and ensuring a better Ohio for future generations. I'm running because Southwest Ohio deserves better, because I believe that I can make a difference, and because I know that I am able to work with Democrats, Republicans, and independents alike. The truth is, We all want a better Ohio, we just disagree on how to get there, but I promise there is middle ground. On November 8th, you will have the opportunity to deny Sarah Carruthers a third term in the Ohio State Legislature. Join me at www.samforohio.com where you can check out my platform, my values, and my plan of action to change the corrupt and gridlocked politics of our generation. I'm excited to begin this journey of working relentlessly for the entirety of District 44. Thank you.
0: I bet that speech took him five weeks to write. I bet it took him five weeks. Just a hunch. Minute and a half, something like that, five weeks. A 19-year-old, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, I'm young, but I care, and I'm going to change corruption. He has never seen corruption. He's never felt it. He's never even tasted it. If this is all Democrats have across our nation, if this is it, then they're finished. Which means cheating is the only way they'll win. It's the only way. It was the case in 2020. It's been evil ever since before then. The White Hats got control of the voting machines in 2016 because they knew what Hillary and the Dems had planned. The vote back then was so overwhelming for Donald Trump and Republicans that it overwhelmed the entire fraud that was already being rolled out and taking place, and the exact same thing happens to, has to happen this time around too. It just has to happen this time. We have to not vote early. We have to vote all on election day. Overwhelm the system. Overwhelm it. Because yes, they're going to cheat. There's no doubt about it. They will cheat because they're vandals, ladies and gentlemen. They vandalize. This is what they do. They can't have an argument with you. They can't even have a civilized conversation, let alone debate. And you know my distaste for the word debate. But they can't do those things. So, what do they have to do? They have to libel, they have to slander, and they have to vandalize. This is who they are. This is what they do. Have a great weekend, everybody, and I'll catch you on Monday. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless.